Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. This show is all about life transformations and our journey from where we were to why we are doing what we are doing today. We will discuss the hiccups, the roller coasters, and the blood, sweat, and tears that has been poured out while discovering our purpose. It is all about our transformation. Here is your host, Sean Douglas. Hey there, Paul from Verbal here. We're building the biggest audio destination on the internet where audio creators like you can build and monetize their audience. To learn more, all you have to do is visit Verbal.com. That's V-U-R-B-L.com and sign up as a beta subscriber. While you're on the site, peruse our growing list of podcast reviews to discover your next binge-worthy show. And now, on to Life Transformation Radio. Welcome to another episode of Life Transformation Radio. I am your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist, and International Best-Selling Author, Sean Douglas. This Episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Verbal, V-U-R-B-L. Go to Verbal.com and learn all that they have to offer for their audio and podcast. This show is currently heard in over 79 countries. So whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here, We tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing. We highlight that transformational moment that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community, and interact with the guests that come on the show and the listeners, and ask follow-up questions to, from each episode. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Life Transformation Radio can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, Himalaya app, the Google Play Music app, Pandora, and we are available on our YouTube channel, Life Transformation Radio. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show, and we will talk about some of the reviews that we receive right here on the program. On the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, other podcasters, authors, basically amazing human beings that are impacting the world around them. And my guest today has done that on a global scale. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast, go ahead and give us a call at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. My team is standing by to field your phone calls so that you can get the questions right here on the show. And with that, please help me welcome to the show my guest for today, Steve Cahan. Steve, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Sean, it's great to be with you. I am super excited and super pumped to have you on the show for a lot of reasons, but the main one is there's a lot of mystique. There's a lot of, I don't really know what to do in a startup. And you, my friend, are probably literally the category king or the expert in this space. 
And so with, with everything that's going on in the world, what better time to be on the show than to talk about startups? Because a lot of people are out of work right now. Unfortunately, that is true, but it's, uh, it's a great time to join a startup, actually. Perfect. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. The title of the episode is Be a Startup Superstar with Serial Entrepreneur Steve Kahn. Stephen Markin is a serial entrepreneur that has had great success moving from the corporate world early in his career to the startup world. He will share lessons in over 30 years for how young professionals or those that feel stuck in the corporate world can earn a great living doing what they love by igniting their career in a technology startup. He has successfully helped to grow six startup companies from early stage development to going public or being sold, resulting in more than $3 billion, with a B, billion dollars in shareholder value. He is currently CMO at Thycotic. I'm pretty sure I spelled it, uh, pronounced that right, Thycotic? That is correct. Awesome. Which will be the seventh company. Steve inspires teams and their organizations to take on the impossible and succeed. He has just written a book published by Wiley and Audible and available on Amazon.com called Be a Startup Superstar. The book teaches those graduating college and young professionals how to earn a great living doing what they love by igniting their career at a tech startup. You could go to Be a Startup Superstar dot com and learn more about the book learn more about steve and what he's doing and his linkedin profile link is right there click on it and connect with them send him a friend request and letting them know that you listened to the episode of life transformation radio now the first question i have to ask and i already love the transformation that you've gone through from going from the corporate to the startup so with that said what is your why? Why do you do what you do? It's a great question, Sean. And when I think about the why, for me, uh, early on, I always believed that I was someone that had potential and was told by others, whether that be my parents or other family members, that that was something that they saw within me. But I also knew that the world is littered with lots of people with the potential to succeed, and yet only, uh, only few do. And for me, success wasn't just uh, professionally in my career. It was even uh, growing up seeing those that, uh, for example, lived in the hometown where I grew up with in a small suburb of uh, Chicago where people would be born and raised and live and die in that same town or uh, many family members who uh, were married and soon divorced and married again and, uh, and didn't have success in that way or, or perhaps professionally those who worked extremely hard during their career but never quite had that separation. And so I always wanted to be someone that in some small way was able to turn their potential into success. And, and I'll also say that success for me was not always about being number one because there can only be one person or one team 
That's number one. It was more about fighting through the obstacles. It was about that uh, feeling of obligation and commitment that I had to keep trying. It was about never feeling that I was uh, being defeated and that, uh, that you really only uh, uh, lose when you give up on something that you're passionate about or when you quit. And so it was really about realizing that potential and, and, uh, and just on that quest of, of turning that potential into the maximum amount of success. I love it. And I'm glad that you had talked about that potential. What I see sometimes is people don't realize they have potential. And I've heard it said that you'll never realize your full potential until you see where you've come or, or you see what you've overcome and you know stuff like that, especially like kids. I'll just use kids as an example. I feel like we consistently see them as they are or who they were and not as who they could become. And I feel like people do that to themselves. We talk on the show a lot about the transformation and how it starts. And I believe it has to start with you because when you do realize that, that full potential, you do realize that you're made for more, you can stop seeing yourself as you are or as you were and start seeing yourself as who you can become. I think that's so important. And I think there's a big difference in achieving success and being successful. And Mm. for me, achieving success in many ways is in and of itself a destination. But being successful is also about uh, thinking about what you can become and enjoying the journey. And I've uh, read a a quote that I certainly believe in where, uh, if I'm saying this correctly, is that success in some ways is, is getting what you want, but happiness is wanting what you get. And so I really kind of see it from that perspective and, and it's without question, a journey and enjoying that process. Oh, I love that. Happiness is actually wanting what you received pretty much. Very cool. I'm I'm definitely going to keep that in mind. Uh, There's some things that I thought when I got there. For example, TEDx. My whole life, I've always been told that when you reach a certain stage, you've made it. When you reach the NFL, when you reach Major League Baseball. I was a semi-pro hockey player. I didn't make it. You had to get to the NHL. Then you made it. It's like when you become champion, you've made it. You've arrived, right? I started speaking in 2009. I got to the TEDx stage in 2017. Lifelong dream, right? Um, had to make it to, the, to the, whatever the stage was. Felt like I never got there until I was on the TEDx stage. And you know something? I didn't feel any different. My phone wasn't ringing off the hook. My emails weren't blowing up. My social media doesn't have a million followers. Although I'm a TEDx speaker and highly regarded in the speaking world as a great speaker, nothing changed from that Wednesday to the Thursday. (laughs) And what I found, I uh, share that uh, TEDx speaker 
uh, in common with you. I've uh, given a couple of TEDx speeches and, and I really agree with, with what you said. And it, and it has to do with achieving success as a destination, but being successful is about enjoying the journey for me. Yeah. I really enjoyed the journey of putting together that actual speech itself and the process and pouring sort of the blood, sweat, and tears and my heart and soul into that TEDx speech. And what made it all worthwhile for me was not necessarily the applause at the end or the completion that it was uh, something that I could check off. It was more when there was a break and people would come up to you and you saw the, the smile in their face and the questions that they'd ask or the thank yous that they give, that's when it all hit home that it was really for me about paying it forward and making a, a den, a positive impact on someone's life. And to be able to do that many people at a time at a TEDx event, that's what was so cool for me. And it's the part that I'll certainly always remember. I love that. And, and yeah, again, we share the same sentiment. So the show is all, all about transformation. It's the transformation that we go through in the moments that it's transformed our lives. So what is your transformational moment that happened to you and put you on the path to what you're doing today? I'm going to share with you three because they're oh, wow. all very okay. relevant. So the first one was, I remember when I'd grow up uh, so many times that, um, that my father used to tell me, say, Steve, get your degree, go to work for a large corporation. You work hard, they'll take care of you. And someday you'll get a gold watch or whatever that might be. And you'll have a great career. And I used to hear that story so many times, of course, then he'd say, your mother and I would much prefer you become a doctor or a lawyer, but short of that, getting a job at a large corporation will do. And so that was the path I took. I graduated college, went to work for a large corporation. I was processing claims and I was staring at the pile of claims I was supposed to process that day. And then also looking at my bank statement, which was down to $50. And then for me, the student loans would take a hold of my paycheck before they'd ever get a chance to hit my bank account. And I remember thinking to myself, um, how on earth will I ever get ahead? And, and I asked myself a very important question. And that question was, how could I earn a great living and love the work I do? And so it was at that point that I made the commitment to moving into the startup world. And I made all the mistakes in the world at that time, but I was fortunate enough that I was the first person hired into a, a, a job uh, that was marketing at the time, which is my uh, domain of expertise. And, uh, and a few years later, after I had joined, that company actually went public and I got the bug and never left the startup world. So it was asking an important question was the first one when I was at a, uh, a, a, a sort of a, a almost a dead end um, kind of bureaucratic uh, corporate uh, career. That that was one. 
Um, a second one was when I made the decision to move to a startup after I had a job offer at a very one of the world's largest technology companies to uh, to to be a GM. I I interviewed with someone who's uh, actually probably known for many of your listeners, and uh, and had a big decision to ma- to make. And I remember my wife and I went to Houston, Texas to interview at a, a small startup and had an opportunity to, to meet a gentleman who, who became a mentor of mine. And I remember him sort of um, inviting some of the management team at this startup where they talked to me about the big challenges that the company faced, the challenges my new team and I would be responsible for solving. And, um, and then I walked away and made the decision to go join that company and work with a new team of crazies that were hell bent on changing the world and, and having the opportunity to, to, to work with that team through a great uh, exit, making the decision to choose that startup over the large corporation turned out great for my family. And now 15 years after that startup has successfully exited nearly 300 of the companies, like 330 employees, still get together at annual reunion parties. And all oh, we could wow. do is reminisce how awesome it was to be part of something so special, how we learned so much and created bonds that will last the rest of our lives. And then really the third one is more on a uh, personal front is that at startups in particular, you know, a lot of times you have to work your tail off. And, and, you know, I certainly have the DNA of someone who does that, who's kind of a little bit of a workaholic. And what I was learning was that uh, at that time, and the transformation was that I could miss a lot of things on the personal side. And I was sort of sacrificing uh, some things that I could have created a lot of regrets that maybe I would have never been able to get past. And what I learned from that and the transformational moment that I had was I learned to become my own top priority. And what I learned to do most importantly was to make sure that my calendar reflected that I was priority number one. And, and so I'm someone who lives Mm. by their calendar And what I did was, is that I started to look at my calendar, as I would challenge your listeners to do right now, and see how many meetings they have scheduled with themselves. And if you're like most people, I'll bet they're too few. And think of the time that you're losing. And so what I learned was that I'd block off times for my family or to be home for dinner or to be at kids' games, or maybe to leave a little bit later, or perhaps blocked off time to think strategically or to have time where I wanted to learn something new, so time for my own personal Mm -hmm. development. And so what I learned was at that transformational moment was how to have better work-life harmony, and that is uh, is something that uh, has really helped me to have the, 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 I guess, the good uh, balance on all ends, uh, knowing that that balance ebbs and flows uh, along mm-hmm. the way. 
And so those are really the three sort of transformational moments that come to mind that made huge impacts, certainly on my journey. Perfect. And thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. I want to ask you kind of a silly, half serious um, question about the, about the work-life balance aspect of the startup. She had mentioned that, you know, workaholic, you know, whatever. What are your thoughts? You could totally plead the fifth. What are your thoughts about guys like Grant Cardone and Gary V and some of those industry guys that are like hustle and grind, hustle and grind, 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 grind. You know, some people call it hustle porn, you know, where guys got to like sacrifice their marriage and their life and their health and the grind, grind, grind just to get it done. You know, you ever hear any stuff like that? I do. And make no mistake, I'm someone that uh, is a big believer in hard work. I think that you, you, you can achieve the success that you want because there is no easy button to push, right? And you've got to be willing to work hard. You've got to be willing to blast through obstacles that most assuredly will come up along the way. But I am also a believer that you've got to ask yourself a tough question. And that question is, how can you uh, not only work hard, but be the most effective provider for yourself and your family. And the typical answer to that question is, is that, is that you've got to really be able to uh, take care of both sides of it. And just focusing on one over the other, I think, is a slippery slope. The right answer to the question, I believe, is that work and family time are equally important because they're interdependent. And I know that for me, if I'm unhappy in my personal life, it's going to negatively affect my work life and vice versa. So I don't let it happen. And, and likewise, I know that if I'm unsuccessful in my professional life, it's going to negatively impact my family. So I really am someone who would, uh, would say to any listener that you need to uh, find a happy median and don't get stressed out about finding the perfect answer. I think sometimes the term work-life balance adds stress and frustration because it almost suggests that there's a perfect answer and there isn't. Don't strive for perfection. What you're looking for is kind of that happy medium, that harmony, because things will ebb and flow, right? And I don't believe, however, that you should ever sacrifice one for the other. And I think that anyone that says that you should uh, is not being honest with themselves and will put you onto a slippery slope. Got it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I, I, I knew you'd have a, a great insight and a great opinion about about that because Man, I know there's a lot of burnout. I know there's a lot of stress and anxiety. And, and in the startup, it, like you said, it's not easy. It, it's completely not easy. So with, with that said, uh, before we go on to how you elevate the world, um, I want to know if somebody wants to get into the startup. You know, they want to build that business. They want to become that entrepreneur. But they're not quite sure you know, there's a lot of startups available. Uh, do do they become an angel investor? Are they going to be a VC, which is a venture capital? Like, 
or do they start their own? So, so what's one of the questions that, that you get a lot? I, I'm sure you get asked a ton of questions, but if, but if you had to pinpoint a question that you really get a lot uh, besides like the burnout and it's hard, and what's one of those questions that you receive a lot? The question that I receive more often than any other is how do you select a startup that has a great chance to succeed? Uh, because most startups don't, right? And there's today mm-hmm. roughly 46,000 startups around the U.S. And Holy if you speak smokes. to, yeah, it's crazy, right? If you speak to CEOs of most of those companies is that they have good stories, right? So it's hard to tell, right? And so what, what I've learned now, uh, having been with six companies that have had successful exits and now I'm, I'm with my seventh that is on, well on its way is there are certain uh, characteristics that I look for when I choose a startup and let me share them with your listeners. Yeah. So the first thing that I look for are quality people who share the same values that I do. And so mm-hmm. people reflect the company's culture. And if you don't think you could yeah. respect, trust and admire the people involved Uh, then move on. And what you're looking for in particular is uh, a solid team of leaders at that startup who rock your world. Second, I look to see if the concept behind that startup fills a big market need. What you'll find is that most uh, customers, buyers, they don't spend money on uh, nice to solve problems or should solve problems. They typically spend money on <laughs> must solve problems and probably now more than ever. And so mm-hmm. what, what I do is I take a look at what is written by the analysts and the influencers. You often can find a ton that is written on Google. And I try to really understand that market. I try to understand how big it is and that I don't get dissuaded if I see there are lots of competitors. In fact, Many times I might get more dissuaded if I saw there were not many competitors because it suggests that there's not a market. I also look at if there's a great product that I can believe in. And so for me, it's, it's really researching again. And, and do you believe in the product? Would you purchase or recommend it? Um, because you want to choose a startup where you can go to work every day with a passion for what the company creates and your role in creating it. And so if you can't get behind the product with enthusiasm, without question, move on. And finally, I look to see if the startup is well-funded. So naturally, you want to choose a startup that has a long enough runway to get off the ground. And so I check to make sure that it is properly capitalized so that you have the best chance for growth and stability. And I look to make sure that all of those items are checked. I don't sacrifice on any. And it's those criteria that have served uh, me very well in making some of the uh, startup decisions uh, and, and job decisions that I have throughout my career. I love it. Absolutely love it. There's always a point in the show where maybe there's varying opinions, varying differences, or you can debate something. And I just found it. And I'm, I get excited when this moment comes because I end up learning something. 
you said that you might be be persuaded to go a different way because there's maybe not a lot of people in that space because there may not be a market need. That's what I heard, or at least internalized. That's what I that's what I that's what I heard. You know, internal. There's always these yeah. blue ocean red ocean strategies, right? There's always these blue ocean red ocean strategies. Now taking that. And, and what I know about, about business, starting four companies myself, I'm excited when I find that, that there's, that there's maybe not a lot of people doing it because I'm always to set up my, my – to be the category king is what I want to do. I want to be the category king because once you become the category king of that, of that category, of that, of that market that, that you create, you garner 76% of the market share while everybody else has to fight for 24%. Take Uber, take Netflix, anybody, Walmart, any of the industry standards. They are getting 76% of the market share, Coca-Cola. They're never, ever, ever not going to be number one. It's not because they did it first. It's because they did it differently. They changed the market. They created their own market. And when you create your own market, you become the category king. That's just what I know about business. So for me, I'm actually persuaded to go the other way because I'm like, well, there's not a lot. Of, there's a lot of room to grow, you know. And let me solve that big problem, you know, differently than what everybody else is doing. It's kind of the same, uh, you know, like Blockbuster, Netflix is kind of the same. Walmart, Target, like all, you know, you, taxis, Uber, whatever. Let me solve it a different way and revolutionize the way people do business. Let me change that behavior. As soon as I do that, I become the category king. I'm almost persuaded to go all in if somebody hasn't even touched that industry yet. Yeah, and I think that um, so the way that I have, uh, at least for me in my career, I think if you're doing something that's like completely new and different and you're sort of creating the category yourself, that certainly is, is uh, uh, a route that you could take. And, and a lot of times there's mm-hmm. lots of education associated with that along the way as well. And oh, yeah. uh, the, the rewards could, could be great though. Where I have spent most of my career, however, is not so much in that world. It has been in brutally tough competitive markets where they're big, they're fast, they're growing, right? So the market size is large, they're growing large, and and there certainly is is good demand, but it's just a brutally competitive environment. And so there's a key word that you used kind of in the lead up to the question, which was you, you talked about you want to do something different, right? And so really... The, where, where I have achieved the most success is typically within pretty brutally competitive market spaces that were big and growing, and then making sure that I could be uh, one of the people that helps to figure out how to properly differentiate, where you can communicate that the value of the differentiation that you bring uh, certainly is something that would better meet the specific need of the target audience. And it's in figuring out that in particular uh, is really what has led to some of the great uh, exits that I've been a part of. 
and a great example of that is even right now. So uh, the company that I'm with is in the cybersecurity space, and we compete against a number of competitors, one of which is a much larger public company. And when I joined uh, about four years ago, we were about $5 million in revenue. Today, we're at a little over $100 million in revenue. And the reason why we've been able to achieve that type of growth is because we've really figured out how to differentiate versus the, the tough and in a couple of cases, much larger competitors in ways in which our buyers just love it. And that basically has been on the basis of uh, differentiating on the basis of simplicity on the basis of user experience and ease of use, where we've been able to juxtapose our competitors as being sort of the overarching, complex, long-time-to-value companies, and that has served us uh, with a great foundation to grow exponentially. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, what type of clients are they? Are they B2B, B2C? Are they uh, regular entrepreneurs? I mean, who, what's the market you're serving currently? So it's a B2B market. So we historically, the company made its bones sort of in the, the mid market, uh, not, not in any one particular industry, uh, sure. uh, selling to cybersecurity professionals. But now, that we sort of took that differentiation that appealed beautifully to the mid-market, it turns out that those very same characteristics appeal very strongly to the largest of companies. And so as our products have matured, as we've moved to the cloud and offered and taken leadership there in particular, we've been able to uh, forge a positioning that actually uh, is is a real winner, and we think we'll actually overtake our. We'll soon become bigger than our than our bigger, better funded competitors. That's that's so great. And okay, so how many years did this take? Because first of all, I call them Facebookpreneurs. All these Facebookpreneurs take you know pictures with all the cash they got out of the ATM and all their cars that they've rented. Or like I know people who who are flaunting on social media, who have a day job, but they're touting that they're this this mega lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm like, dude, you work at FedEx. Come on, you know, like it, it, it's crazy to me. And somehow they said, if you do this, then this will happen. But they don't say, oh, by the way, it's going to take this and this and this and five years, <laughs> right? Like they're like, oh, just do this and you're fine. And like this will happen tomorrow. How long did this take approximately? Well, in this particular example, it's just been a hair over four years. But make no mistake. I mean, it is without question. It's it's not easy. And but you've got to have some of the attributes, right? So if you have the attributes of yeah. surrounding yourself with A plus talent people who embrace accountability to get things done, people who are prepared to work hard, who have persistence and tenacity, who communicate in thoughtful, smart, confident, and respectful ways, and most important, with a team that is not filled with what I would like to label I people. Those are 
those who are self-proud yeah. and all the credit, but really with a team of yep. we people that just is sort of hell bent on believing it could change the world. That's when the magic happens. And so it's really sort of um, surrounding yourself with, with people with those characteristics, having them yourself, and then uh, taking some of the criteria that, that we talked about before around startups that uh, have the potential to succeed. And then it, that's where all the magic starts to happen. I but love it. It takes time. It's not an overnight. Yeah. It's not like what you might see in a, in a movie where it seems <laughs> like it happens right. overnight. And there are obstacles to overcome, to be sure. It's not easy, but it's, uh, man, it's a lot of fun. But it's worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever seen the movie A League of Their Own with Tom Hanks? And I um, uh, can't think of the lady's name right now. Um, I can't think of the lady's name. But um, me but either, anyway. but yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, so so at the end, towards the end of the movie, I think it's the pretty much the end of the movie. Uh, but she is leaving. And uh, they said, you know, Tom Hanks walks out and everybody's like, hey, see you later. You know, and they're like, well, where, where are you going? It's like, well, it's just, you know, we're going to go home and we're going to do this. And, you know, uh, so Gina, da- oh, Gina Davis. So Gina Davis tells Tom Hanks, you know, it's like, look, it just got too hard. It just, it just got too hard. And he goes, he goes, man, this, this pretty much this is ridiculous. Hello? Hey, Sean. Yeah, I, I don't know. I got kicked out of my own show, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know back. what that was. Jeez. So what I was saying was, uh, I don't know if you heard heard me what I was saying, but uh, Tom Hanks tells her, you know, you're ridiculous. It's supposed to be hard. That's what makes it great. And so I hear that. And I get chills. I get chills when I hear that. She's ready to leave. She's ready to give up. She goes, it just got too hard. And he goes, it's supposed to be hard. That's what makes it so great. And that's what I was thinking about every, you know, while you were saying what you were saying. It's supposed to be hard. That's what makes it so great. It really is. And, 
you know, you've got to realize there's no substitute for hard work. It, the key is, is that you're passionate, you love what you're doing. And there's only one way to the top, and that's through hard work. And there simply is no substitute for rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty and frequently. And in my view, no great achievements are possible or sustained without a hard work. And it's sort of the price that you pay for the success you desire to achieve. Yep, absolutely. So before we start closing the show, I really want to get to talking to your book, Be a Startup Superstar, available on Amazon.com. Go search for Be a Startup Superstar or go to BeAStartupSuperstar.com. Learn everything you can about the book, about what Steve is doing, and get your copy today. Steve, tell us about the book. So the book basically uh, talks about uh, why you should choose a startup, how to go about selecting the right startup so that you can uh, have a, a great career. And then once you've decided to join a startup under what I call seven keys to the C-suite are 35 actions, attitudes, and behaviors uh, one would have to maximize success. And it's written very much uh, in an actionable format, so it's not a theoretical book. This is something you can right. read and immediately put to use. So is this good for all startups or just for the tech world? It's really good for all startups. Uh, some of the examples that I use, because that's where I've spent my career, is from the tech yeah. world. Uh, but uh, but it's it's without question good for for any startup. Perfect. I want to get a quick opinion and try to test the market here. Where do you see voice going? Where do I see voice going? Uh, where well, I'll tell you where where I see voice going. I see voice going uh, much to uh, sort of the online kind of um, web type of environment. I think uh, there is sort of a, uh, you know, a big problem clearly with Zoom right now with respect to security. <laughs> and so there needs to be uh, yes. probably a little bit that things uh, a little bit stricter cybersecurity, but I do see the world going yep. more uh, digitally and more, more online uh, and probably a little bit less voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, everybody found out how fast Zoom can crash when the world's in quarantine and they're trying to move their business online. Zoom cannot handle it. So there's another reason why we need to figure out who's going to be the top dog. Yes. Agreed. Absolutely. Uh, so, Steve, this has been absolutely incredible. I've learned a lot. Uh, we're kind of on the same same page as far as our way of hard work, get it done, but got to be there for yourself balance it out and and just get it done make it happen no matter what thank you so much for your time you are absolutely incredible at what you're doing and uh spending time with our listeners thank you so much it was great being with you thank you so much sean if somebody wants to get in contact with you what's the best way to do it uh, contact me right through the book's website, BeAStartupSuperstar.com, and I respond to any contact that uh, people make. I'd like to be able to pay it forward and help others in their career journey. Outstanding. And what is the takeaway 
for our audience, if they listen to nothing else, if they fast forward through the episode to this very moment, what is your takeaway? You have much of what you need in order to achieve the success you want. Mm -hmm. And today's startups have big ideas and they're well-funded and they're desperate to hire smart, motivated, hardworking people willing to share their talents in innovative workspaces that are buzzing with energy and opportunity. And they're hiring all kinds of people, artsy, techie, young, old, experienced, or green. So if you want to earn a great living doing what you love for the right startup, you could be a godsend. Oh, that's amazing. Super cool, man. That made me smile. Outstanding. Thank you, Steve, again, for spending time with us. It's been absolutely incredible. I know the audience received a lot of value. I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your transformational moments and your why on Life Transformation Radio. Thank you for having me. Life Transformation Radio listeners, an amazing guest impacting the world. If anything resonated with, with the conversation with Steve Kahn and myself, um, be a startup superstar. Connect with them. Go to BASTARTUPSUPERSTAR.COM. Go to LinkedIn. Connect with them. Send them a friend request, letting them know that you listened to our episode of Life Transformation Radio. And with that, I close the show by saying live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart. And I call this living your brand. So until next episode, live a great life.